Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Exodus, chapter 24, verse 12 through 18, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 16 through 21, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1 through 6 and 16 through 21, and Psalm 103. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We have a very serious thing to talk about, though, today. We need to talk about superheroes. Um, And and in particular, we need to talk about the, the first superhero we all remember, which, of course, is Superman. Superman who changed our understanding, sort of brought us into the world of superheroes. And I know we're all sort of inundated and overwhelmed by superhero movies and shows and books and everything. And you're like, not at church too. Please, Phil, not at church too. But we do need to talk about this today. And particularly, I want to think a little bit about Superman and what we all know about him. Because here's the thing is, even if you're not into the comic books, you totally know Superman. We all, that's just part of our upbringing and part of our culture, right? One cultural commentator pointed out That Superman is unlike every other superhero you can think of. We think about people like Iron Man these days, or Spider-Man, or Batman, and these are people named Peter Parker, or Tony Stark, or Bruce Wayne, who then put on costumes that they designed, and dress up, and had to come up with a name. Like, they'll call me, uh, I don't know, Spider-Man, that's cool, let's call me that, right? Or Batman, I've got this great idea. And they come up with this name, and that's who they become. They dress up, and sure, some of them have powers. I think Batman's power is being a billionaire, but everybody else seems to have actual powers, right? But they get dressed up, but their actual identity is their name that they were given at their birth, and they go through their life as Tony Stark or Peter Parker or whoever else, and then they they dress up like this hero and become this thing. Superman is unlike every other superhero. Because Superman, when he's wearing that outfit that we're all used to, that's actually the outfit that his parents gave him. And when he is living out his life doing heroic acts and showing his great power, that's actually who he is. The story of Superman is that he was born on another planet and sent here. He's not like us. He's an alien. So when Superman is walking around as Clark Kent, wearing glasses and bumbling and acting kind of goofy, that's his disguise. His disguise is he's acting like one of us silly humans. And this commentator pointed out that in some ways Clark Kent is Superman's commentary on humanity. When he wants to look like one of us, he dumbs it down a little bit. He acts a little weak and frail and fumbles and bumbles, and we don't suspect a thing. I've thought about this since I first heard about this idea of Superman's true identity being Superman and Clark Kent being the disguise. I've thought about this, because I'm a church nerd, of course, I've thought about this transfiguration text a lot. Because Jesus, who walks among us and seems I mean, he's doing these miraculous things, but if you just saw him walking along, he would just look like a normal person. That's sort of the the thing about him, is he just looks probably relatively normal and maybe even unimpressive. 
But on the transfiguration story that we have today, they go up this hill, and all of a sudden, he's in dazzling white, and his face is shining, and God is speaking down from the clouds, and there is Moses, and there is Elijah. They represent the law and the prophets, the Torah, the way of Jesus, and Jesus is in conversation with Moses and Elijah as he shines bright, and the clouds are breaking open, and there you see the true identity of Jesus. It's like he's been walking along disguised as a normal person. But in reality, today, Peter and James and John see his real identity. Son of God. Glorified. Beautiful. Powerful. They recognize that he's not just a a healer, a miracle worker, or just a very good teacher. He is, in fact, as Peter had suspected, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And they see it now. They see it. They see the glory of God present fully and totally in Jesus. They see him for who he really is in that moment. Have you ever felt like someone saw you for who you really were? How beautiful that is to feel that when someone really knows you and sees your glory. It's overwhelming and beautiful, isn't it? But there's a difference, of course, between Superman and Jesus. And it's not just that Jesus isn't a superhero. He's, you know, our Lord and Savior. It's not just that. The reality is that Superman will never be one of us. No matter how much he disguises himself, his true identity is other than us. And so all we can really do is stand back in awe of this superhero and say, wow, look at those things that he can do. I could never lift a car above my head. I'm not bulletproof. Isn't that amazing? But Jesus is not disguising himself as human. Jesus is human. Jesus is one of us. The powerful thing about Jesus is that he's not God disguised as a human to sort of just make it palatable for us to look at him. Jesus is God completely and totally connected to humanity, married to us forever, such that when we see Jesus, we do see the glory of God. But we also see the glory of our own humanity fully present in that space. With Superman, you marvel and you awe and you go, wow, look at that. We're not actually meant simply to marvel at Jesus, to stand in awe of Jesus. We are meant to participate with Jesus in the work of loving this world, of transforming this world for good, healing this world and reconciling this world. This transfiguration story is not just about how Jesus is transformed, transfigured, how we see him for who he really is. This transfiguration story is also about our transfiguration. How we are able to be seen for who we really are and that we too can contain the glory of God. No matter what Superman does, he won't be one of us. But no matter what Jesus does, he will always be one of us, which means God is always one with us completely. I used to think that the disciples fell over 
you know, in fear and marvel at that. They're, they fall over because the voice of God is coming from the clouds and this whole thing is really overwhelming. And they fall over with fear probably because they're like, this is all too much. But right now I think maybe the disciples are overwhelmed because they realize not just that the glory of God can be present in Jesus, but that if the glory of God is present in Jesus, then it can be present in them as well. That in that moment they realize not only Jesus' true identity, but their own. And that can be overwhelming. And if you're not sure what I mean, what if I were to tell you, each of you individually, you have the capacity to reveal the power and the presence of God in this world with the way you live in this world. You'd go, that sounds like a lot of pressure, Phil. Except that it's completely and utterly true. You carry the beauty and the glory of God within you. You are not just someone observing God from afar. You are someone in whom the God of love dwells. And God is pleased to dwell within you. You belong totally and utterly and completely to God. And also you are invited to do God's work in this world. And so this event today, you don't just witness the transfiguration of Jesus. You pray for your own transfiguration. Which is to say, you pray for the moments when God is seen visible in all God's glory within you. And you say, I'm not even sure what that looks like, but you do, you do, oh my goodness, you do. Yesterday there were a group of you that woke up early and went to someone's house and built a ramp so they could get into their home so they wouldn't have to move even though they become disabled. Do you understand that in that moment you were transfigured? That the glory of God was present within you? Did you know some of you woke up before the crack of dawn to get here by 8 a.m. so that you could belt out these beautiful songs for these people? You're transfigured in that moment. And I don't mean right now. I mean when you wake up and your breath is stinky and you're like, why me, why? In that moment when you keep moving, you are transformed, you are transfigured. The glory of God is present and visible in you. And today we have our annual meeting and it seems sort of like official and all these things, but we think about this church, which is a community in which we help people see how God is living and present within them. Our friend Rob Krantz has, is speaking today. He has been treasurer at this church for 25 years. That's ridiculous. <laughs> for 25 years, you have been transfigured. When you balance a budget, and I'm not kidding, God is glorified. <laughs> yeah, why not? He makes it possible for us to do beautiful things. God is glorified. When you stand at the entrance of this place, just to make sure that when someone comes in, they're a little less nervous, a little less apprehensive, God is glorified. God is visible and present, and you are transfigured. When you forgive someone, oh, when you mean it, I forgive you, and then you try to act like it's true, God's glory is visible in you. When you have the chance to say the snarky, mean thing because it's funny, and you choose to say the kind thing, or maybe even shut up altogether, God's beauty 
God's glory is visible in you. And you're overwhelmed and think you can't behold, you couldn't possibly carry the glory of God. And you're overwhelmed by this idea. And in this moment, Jesus here says, get up and do not be afraid. It says he touches the disciples and lifts them up and says, get up, do not be afraid, which is to say, you have it too. This glory of God is for you to reveal. In a few moments, I'm going to finally be quiet and we're going to see this beautiful child transfigured before us. A beautiful child that represents to us new life and love and joy. And also in that moment, he will be transfigured and we will see God's glory as he screams and is annoyed that we're dumping water on him. Do not let your... Do not be overwhelmed and do not be afraid. You are made to bear witness to the glory of God in your own life and to show it forth in the action of love in the participation with God in this world. This is the work that we have to do. As a church, as individuals, as people, we seek not only to recognize God's presence in Jesus, but to be God's presence in Jesus in this world, and we do it together, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen.